Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Eric Cartier at Rocky Mountain Calvary in Colorado Springs. Thanks so much for joining me. I hope you're having a great uh, afternoon. The number here to call is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text 720-336-0897. The heart and purpose of this show uh, is for you to be able to ask questions about your relationship with the Lord, sections of scripture, things going on in your life. I love being able to talk about uh, real things and genuine things. If you've got a prayer request or December's a really difficult uh, time of the year and you feel like, hey, no one cares, I'd love to be able to talk with you and, and pray with you, or you've got situations that are, are going on in your life. So again, the number is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or you can send a text 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. We do have all of our lines open. We would like to welcome our listeners out on the East Coast as well as Pennsylvania and Maryland and New Jersey. Thank you guys uh, for listening. Hope you're doing well today. And then also welcome our listeners here in Colorado and up into Wyoming as well. A verse that's been on my heart I want to begin today's show with that I've been meditating upon this week is in Colossians 3 verse 12. It says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Interesting how this verse begins. It reminds us that God chose us, that we're holy, we're separated in Christ, and that we're beloved, that God loves us. And in light of that, then to put on tender mercy. And what's really stood out to me is this long suffering and bearing with uh, one another. If we're honest, a lot of times we want to change another believer. You know, if there's a believer maybe that is uh, sinning against us or annoying us or frustrating us, our tendency is to not want to bear with them, but to want to try to change them. And God in his unconditional love, he suffers long with us and he wants us to suffer long with one another and then to extend forgiveness the forgiveness that we have received so freely from Christ so I hope you're encouraged today by Colossians 3 verses 12 and 13 attributes that we put on as believers through the power of Christ You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text at 720-336-0897. Let's go to line one to to Geo in Westminster. Geo, welcome to the program. Hey. How you doing? Doing well. Good. So I, I got a question. I just, I mean, I listen to the show pretty frequently. Um, and just one thing that I'm challenged by is, I know you guys speak out um, against false teachers, which 
obviously we're supposed to do as Christians, but uh, I guess my question is, where do we draw the line? Uh, because I know some people, maybe their intent or whatever is uh, not evil, but they just have a mm-hmm. misunderstanding. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't I don't really listen to Joel Osteen much, and I know he doesn't really preach the whole Bible. Um, mm-hmm. But you guys, like, speak out strongly against, and I know one thing I was challenged by with a close friend is, because, I mean, there's obviously people like uh, John MacArthur who comes against the Pentecostal movement because he thinks speaking in tongues and, and prophecy and stuff doesn't exist for today. And my mm-hmm. friend just challenged me. He said, I don't, I don't want to stand before Jesus. And then he said, why did you, uh, why were you so harsh to my bride and come mm-hmm. against my bride that way? So I guess, I don't know, yeah. in wisdom, what does that look like? Because I, I, yeah, I, I, I've also seen situations uh, where people don't, um, they don't come against, like, a bad teacher or someone who shouldn't be in a leadership role. They just kind of remain silent. So. Yeah. Well, several thoughts, you know, the first kind of to further that illustration of the bride, um, you know, it would be wrong to to be harsh with Christ's bride, and then it would also be wrong to not protect Christ's bride. You know, I think of my my own wife. You know, if I'm if I'm harsh to her, that that's not right. But if I if I didn't protect her, uh, that that wouldn't be right as well. And so, I think when it comes to calling out false teaching, it's really when it becomes that the false teacher is is hurting the bride of Christ or deceiving the bride of Christ and leading people in in a destructive way. Um, in Second Peter two, uh, Paul really calls out false teachers, and it's really clear that they're 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 teaching things that are contrary to the word of God and taking advantage of the people of God. And so I think that that's kind of the the line uh, of when it comes to to calling out false teachers. And then I also think really the best way of dealing with false teaching, is to be in God's Word ourselves and encourage others, even as pastors. You know, uh, here at Rocky Mountain Calvary, I always want to uh, be teaching people the Word of God and encouraging them to study it on their own, because then they're going to be equipped for the false teaching that that comes across uh, uh, their lives. So, all right, thank you. Yeah, you bet. God bless you. Thanks for calling. Sure. God bless you. <laughs> You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier at Rocky Mountain Calvary in Colorado Springs. The number to call is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text at 720-336-0897. We'd like to welcome our listeners on the East Coast as well in Pennsylvania. And also in Maryland, thank you guys for for listening and joining us out there. And feel free to give us a call with your questions, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Emily on line one in Loveland. Emily, welcome to the program. Hi, hi. I had a question um, on fasting. I never really can tell when I'm supposed to be done. And I feel like I always end it wrong, you know? because you're hungry, or you're like, okay, well, I think I'm done, or what do you do, and how how have you done it before where it's successful for you and you feel good about things from beginning to end? You know, um, for me personally, uh, it's just something that I, I tend to have a piece about, that, that the fast is ending, um, and to go ahead and to uh, enter back into to, to eating, 
um, you know, I don't know that there's a a real cl- uh, cut and dry like that. You'll you'll know. I don't always know like okay I'm 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 supposed to end uh uh th- this fast you know I think God sees our heart and I, I think anything that we do uh just desiring to seek him and seek seek his heart um uh, he's he's pleased with and so I don't know that you know to the Lord it's like he's like okay it, it needs to be an hour longer or a day a day longer um but I think so the peace, you know the peace, right? Yeah, I think for me, I just have a a peace about knowing. Okay, Lord, this is this is what you you have for me. Um, you know, usually for me, fasting looks like fasting breakfast. You know, I'm not I'm not a real long right. faster. Uh, and and uh, I'm liquid. I, I, I'm liquid. Right, I can yeah. do the whole thing. Do you know anything about what Jesus did when he fasted and prayed for thirty days in the desert? I mean, it was probably something water or is that just like have you ever heard of anybody doing that in modern day or do you know anything about that 30 days for him yeah and you know the scripture tells us it was actually for 40 days uh we, oh, we know he, wow. and that's okay yeah <laughs> i think i think there have been some people that have done it um in recent recent times i think a person would have to be very careful um and you know even consult their doctor uh, before entering into such a such a long yeah. uh, long fast and we know that that jesus uh, was was led into that uh, you know that that fast um, but I think it's one of those things where God personally leads us and, you know, we have a peace with him of like, okay, this was supposed to be a meal or this was supposed to be a day or, or, or three or four, uh, uh, days. And sometimes for me in fasting, I can lose sight of the purpose. You know, the purpose is really to have more attention, to be able to focus on uh, my relationship, uh, with the Lord. Um, so Wow, that's really, really helpful. And may I do a quick prayer request? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I have a, a beautiful uh, friend who is Jewish who um, is in jail right now for just a driving offense, young person. And okay. they have not um, given him kosher tray, reading materials, even a regular Bible. Um, so could hmm. you just say a prayer for him? Um, his name yeah, is uh, B uh, T G. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's lift him up to the Lord. Lord, we lift up uh, BTG to you, God, and Lord, you know him and you love him. And Lord, as he's found himself <coughs> in jail over a driving offense, we pray that you would speak to him and that you would encourage him and just allow him to to have a Bible to be able to read to search you out. Um, but God, would you be gracious to him and comfort him? I'm I'm sure it's a, a fearful time for him, and would you meet him in this time? And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Shalom. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. God bless you. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric at Rocky Mountain Calvary in Colorado Springs. The number is 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Sam and Wiggins. Sam, welcome to the program. Well, thank you. Yeah, I just had a question. Uh, about Mormons, Mormonism. Um, I was I was raised Lutheran all my life, and I, I pick up milk at dairies. I, I'm a milk truck driver anyway. There's one of my okay. dairies. They're all Mormons, and they keep kind of mm-hmm. wanting me to check it out and stuff. And I just haven't haven't really checked it out much yet. But 
I just yeah. wanted to see if what your answer would be to, you know, what's the big difference between Mormons and, and non-Mormons, basically. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's there's several differences. Uh, you know, they believe in a different Jesus. You know, they uh, who they believe Jesus to be and who the Bible declares Jesus to be are are two different things. Uh, Mormon doctrine says that uh, Jesus and and Lucifer are actually brothers, where we know the Bible teaches that Jesus is God. Um, also, uh, there's a different gospel. Uh, they don't believe that you're saved by grace through faith. Uh, they believe that uh, you're saved uh, through works uh, after you've done, or you're saved by grace after you've done everything that you can do. So it's, it's really a works-based uh, salvation. Um, and then, uh, uh, so there's a different gospel, you know, there's a different Jesus, and then they also have a different Bible. Uh, they, uh, their scriptures are, are, are different from uh, the Bible of, of the Christian Protestant uh, church. And so um, a good place to kind of study it out a little bit more um, is a website called gotquestions.org, and there's uh, some good articles uh, pointing out the differences between uh, Mormonism and, and Christianity. I really yeah. appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, you bet. God bless you, Sam. Be God safe bless. on the road. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. The number is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Let's go to Gary in Pennsylvania. Gary, welcome to the program. Gary, are you there on line three? All right, let's jump over to Bill on line one in Westminster. Bill, welcome to the program. Hi, how you doing? Good, how are you doing? Good. Hey, I have an unusual question for you, and I'm not sure whether you can answer it or not. I'm, um, I'm a Christian myself, Bible-believing Christian, and I watched a show here a month or so ago that it was a series that was on television, and there was a worship leader that was a worship leader during the day at his church, and then at night he was a drag queen that dressed up as a woman. What what would you make of that? Yeah, I mean, I guess you it's know, kind of a weird a little question, more, isn't it? Yeah, a little more specifically like, is, is your question basically, is it appropriate for him to do that? that is, I guess that's what I'm asking, yeah. Yeah. You know, I can tell you for our church here at Rocky Mountain Calvary, our our worship leaders, we see it as a leadership position because uh, they're leading people into God's presence. And in no way are we asking or believing that they'll be perfect, but uh, we want them to, to live a godly example. Um, you know, and so that's something that we would talk with them about and say, you know, if you're going to continue leading in worship, uh, this this isn't appropriate behavior because it it's... Uh, pulling people uh, away away from Christ. So I, mean, would, I think would the heart fall under sin in your opinion. You know, I I think that for me it's something I'm uncomfortable with. I think, you know, in in scripture uh, it says that God created us male and female. Um, and if, you know, for me as a man, if I'm if I'm going out and presenting myself as a as a female, I think that that's missing God's heart, you know, and if for me personally as a pastor and leader in our church, I, I think it's important for me to 
to present myself in the the gender that God has made me to be. Um, uh-huh. And so, uh, for for those leading on our leadership team, you know, I would I would uh, encourage that as as well. So, so it, it would basically fall under misrepresenting Christ, would it not? You know, I would say probably more misrepresenting His image. You know, in okay. in Genesis it tells us that. We were created in God's image, male and female, and and this is obviously really controversial in our culture and our society. Um, but when when we don't accept the gender that God has given to us, we're really not acknowledging that we're made in His image. And then if we present ourselves in another gender, then we're we're misrepresenting the image of God that that He He He's created us uh, in Him His image, distinctly male and female. So that makes, I would that say makes, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know it was a really bizarre question, but I, I didn't know what to think. So that yeah. did, that did help me. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you called and asked, Bill. Okay. Hey. Well. God bless you, and I hope you have a wonderful New Year. Uh, you too. God bless you too. Bye. Okay. Bye. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number is three zero three six nine zero three thousand. 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text at 720-336-0897. Uh, we do have all of our lines open. I'm going to take a few texts that have come in. Pastor, please pray for a woman I know. Uh, she's in jail and has not seen her daughter in almost two months. She has mental problems and pray for the safety of the child. So let's go to the Lord in prayer uh, together. Father, I thank you for this believer that just just cares for their friend, and as their friend is in jail and hasn't been able to to see uh, their daughter, we we do pray for comfort and we pray for peace and uh, just a stable mind and endurance to uh, get through this. We also pray for the safety and well-being of the child, that your hand of grace uh, would, would be uh, upon that uh, child and you keep that child safe. So we lift up this whole situation to you in Jesus' name, Amen. Another text question that has come in, thoughts on elder-led church or congregational-led church? What does the Bible say? So every time we see uh, in Scripture, uh, we see that the church is to be led uh, by elders. Um, in First uh, Timothy 3, it lays out to us uh, the structure of the church, and it says, If a man desires the position of a bishop or an elder, he desires a, a good work. Um, and so God gave over the leadership of, of the church to a group of elders, uh, not to uh, the congregation. Uh, not that the congregation doesn't have input and doesn't share with their elders and pastors the things that are on their heart, but I think the biblical model is for there to be uh, godly elders uh, that then uh, make the final decisions inside of a, a church body. So it's a great question. Another text question that has come in, if you'd like to call 303-690-3000 or you can send a text 720-336-0897. This is a text that has come in. I feel like I'm constantly going back and forth with wanting to pursue ministry full-time and working a regular job. I know that you can do ministry at your normal job because our lives are to be lived missionally, but I have always felt drawn uh, to ministry as my vocation. I feel like God has placed this dream in my heart. I don't want to try to plan my own path, but I, I feel so drawn to it. Should I try to take steps in that direction or just wait patiently? 
I want to be proactive, but again, I don't want to try to create uh, my own uh, destiny. So I think that uh, the, the answer that I would point you to is uh, the verse that I actually just read. If a man desires the position of a, a bishop or elder or pastor, he desires a good work. It's it's not wrong to desire to be a pastor and to devote uh, yourself uh, to that fully. The Bible says you're, you desire a, a good work. And I think the right biblical answer to your question is both. I think you should be proactive about that direction. Uh, be serving in, in your church, pray about going to Bible college, and really begin to pursue things in that direction toward towards ministry. And as you do that, to also wait patiently. So I think that's the balance as you, you step out in faith and what God has put in your heart but then also uh, continue to leave it ultimately up to the Lord. So let me let me pray for you. Father, I just lift up this individual to you, and as they're feeling stirred towards ministry and, and be, being able to devote themselves fully in that sense to the work of being a pastor, I pray that you'd bless them, that you'd encourage them, give them that balance of walking in faith um, and also trusting you patiently. So we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go back to our phone lines. Let's go to Stan on line one in Thornton. Stan, welcome to the program. Hi, how you doing? Good, how are you? Okay. I got a question to ask you, and I've been to your church before. I enjoyed the service. Oh, great. Thanks for coming. Okay. Uh, we were, Me and my wife were, were asked a question about um, what scripture was that Jesus saw Satan and a third of his angels fall. And I know Luke 10 talks about it, eight, verse 18, but uh, uh, it went on to some other things that was going on in, the, in that context. But if you can help me out, what scripture is that that uh, phrase in? Yeah, I, uh, I believe it is in Luke chapter 10. Um, uh -huh. Give me just a set second. Uh, to okay. to find it, so yeah, it's Luke Luke ten, where uh, the disciples had come back from being sent out to do ministry, and there was actually seventy that were sent. This is Luke ten seventeen. Says right. then the seventy returned with joy, saying, "Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name." And he said to them, "I saw." Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I gave you authority uh, to trample on serpents. And then he goes on to say, nevertheless, uh, rejoice because your names are written in, in heaven. And then there's one place in the Old Testament that we see Lucifer's fall referred to as well. And it's Isaiah 14, uh, 12 okay. through 15. I, um, so I, I, is it, go ahead. I, I went to those two. But okay, so in other words, the a third of the angels, the third of the angels that fell with him, isn't really written in scripture. Not that I know of. Um, okay. The the only two references that I know of of Satan's fall is is in Isaiah fourteen and also in Luke ten. I agree. You hit the nail right on the head. The thing is, this young lady is asking because she said. When when demons are around, souls are with these demons, and I'm like, I don't think that's scripture hmm. at all. That doesn't yeah, you're right. Yeah, scripture at all. Yeah, so, correct. Uh, uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Okay, so I just want to make sure, Chief, and make sure I'm studying this right because, uh, like you guys say, discernment makes a very big difference in understanding and apologetics. Yeah. I appreciate it. You bet. God bless you, Stan. Okay. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric. The number is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Alex on line two in Fort Collins. Alex, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you doing? Good, how are you doing? I'm great. I have a question. It's kind of a heavy question, but it's it's hard for me to wrap my mind around. I was hoping maybe you could could lay it out for me. When when Christ died on the cross, he took all the sins upon him, uh, you know, for man, for the until he comes back, basically. So let's say that it sins for the next 3,000 years. If, if you've got free will, how does God take sin away from you, on the take those sins on the cross before you've even been born yet. It's kind of like a, almost like a free will question. I know you definitely have free mm-hmm. will whether to accept Christ or not, but it makes mm-hmm. you me wonder sometimes how much free will you have against sin if you've already taken that sin on you that might happen next week. Does that, that make sense? Right. Well, I think the forgiveness of sin, even though Christ has has paid the price for sin happens when we believe, you know, and in Romans uh, three, it talks about being justified. And it says that, that we're, we're justified freely by his grace uh, through faith. And and so it's, it's as we uh, put our faith in Christ that then we receive that justification or forgiveness. So it's similar to, to maybe somebody has, you know, paid for a gift card and they've given it to you, sure. um, but until you believe it and and, and apply it, uh, you you haven't used the gift card and Christ paid for our forgiveness and then we use it or apply it uh, uh, through faith. Um, you know, I guess help me understand more the second half of your question. I, of, I of guess like, what I'm saying is, uh, is it possible that you could have sin that God knows you're going to com- you're going to commit no matter what. That, that maybe you, you don't have as much free will as you think, and, some, and that God already knows you're going to sin, and took those sins on him 2,000 years ago. I say it's a heavy, yeah. it's a heavy question, yeah. but you see what I'm saying? I, I wonder sometimes yeah. how much free will you've got, that God already knows you're... Not, and it's not, I don't mean that as an excuse, like, oh, well, I'll just go ahead and sin, but right. you wonder how much is already... God already knows you're going to mess up and already took that sin on you 2,000 years ago. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a yes or no question. It's kind of a heavy thing, yeah. but it, do you have any idea I, about that? Is it, is it possible yeah. to have a little less free will than we think we do? I, I think I'm following you. You know, it, God does know that we're going to sin, and he and He has paid the price, you know, right. for that sin even sure. even before we've we've come into existence. Right. But right. then I, you know, the balance side of that in the scripture is God holds us accountable for our sin. Like I, That's right. I really did did choose it, you know. And it's probably a little bit dangerous of a road to go down theologically to think I I didn't have too much choice over my sin because then it wouldn't be just for God to punish my sin um, uh, apart apart from Christ. Um, I guess it all depends think, on when he died. Is he taking on every single individual sin or is it just a, 
if he's taking every single eventual sin that hasn't even happened yet, then he already knows you're going to do it. Yeah. Which, which gets... And, yeah. and I guess where my logic goes is him already knowing that I'm going to do it and him already paying the price for it still right. doesn't make me ri- make it right or release no, me no, of responsibility. No, no. And I don't, and you know? I was, I was very careful not to use that as, as an excuse. It's right, just, right. Uh, I don't know, sometimes as a Christian, it seems like the more I read, the more I feel I have less free will and the more that God is kind of pushing yeah. you. you. You know what I'm saying? Like Paul, I mean, how right. much free will yeah. does Paul have? It, he was so close that it was. I mean, they're almost holding hands, you know. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna head on head to a break. Stay yeah. with me, okay? okay? Thanks. All right, guys, okay. we're gonna head to a break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Eric Cartier at Rocky Mountain Calvary in Colorado Springs. Hope you're having a great uh, Friday afternoon as you're driving down the road or at work or at home. You can call in. The number is 303-690-3000 or send a text at 720-336-0897. Let's go back to Alex on line two. Alex, are you still there? All right, looks like we lost Alex, but I want to uh, just kind of finish out that discussion is we do see in Scripture uh, predestination and God's uh, sovereignty and his His work of salvation and drawing us uh, to him. But we also do see man's responsibility as well. And sometimes in our human intellect, it's very difficult to try to reconcile the two. It seems like, well, if God is, is sovereign and he's, he's predestined, then how do we have a, a free will? Uh, but if God were small enough to be able to fit into our brains, he wouldn't be big enough uh, to worship. And as I study the scriptures, I see both truths are, are, are in there. They're, they're, they're biblical, that God has predestined us. We don't want to back away from that. And, and that God also uh, has given us a uh, free will. And so this is something that has been uh, debated for ages uh, and it's, it can be difficult to to sort out. It's definitely something good to uh, discuss and, and to pray through. So again, thanks for joining me. The number is 303-690-3000. Uh, let's go to Katie on line three in Greeley. Uh, Katie, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine, thanks. Happy Friday. Yeah, you too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, my question, Pastor, is when Scripture speaks of God pouring out a spirit of delusion, is that for the time of the tribulation, or could that possibly be taking place now? There is so This world is so mixed up, messed up, and it, it seems very delusional to me. Uh, but I yeah. don't know if that's a... Um, from God, or if it's just simply the way it is. You know, I would say more of the the delusion that we see is from the attack of the enemy, uh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and, and the pride of life, and 
and the sinfulness of the human heart. I mean, we look all the way back in in Genesis and things were so wicked uh, where God had to destroy all of humanity except for Noah and his family. And so I think what we're seeing is the depth of the depravity of the human heart and also mm. the lies and the deception of the enemy uh, that he, he throws um, at people and then ultimately gets strongholds in, in people's lives. Um, so, you know, I think it's it's probably more of the condition of the human heart and the work of the enemy than than necessarily a, a spirit of delusion that God's putting over people, if that makes sense. It, it does. Yes, it really does. So in Scripture, when it refers to that, what is it referring to? You know, is I it, don't is, know. Is it of a, I don't know of a particular verse that that says that God gives a spirit of, of delusion. Um, it may be worded a little bit differently, but but I can't find it, um, and so I, I I can't think of a of a okay. of a particular section of scripture that just says it exactly that way. Okay. All right. Well, I, I guess I had associated it with revelations, and it was just that he pours out a spirit. But I could be, I could certainly be wrong on that too. But actually, it's it makes sense, you know, but yeah. based on what we're seeing right now. So, all right, Pastor. I, well, I thank you yeah, very much. You bet. God bless you. Thanks for your call. Have a good weekend, Eric. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric. The number is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or you can send a text at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Jason on line one in Wellington. Jason, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you doing? Thank you. Good. How are you doing today? Good. I just uh, wanted to call in with a prayer request. I was just visiting with a church member of ours that uh, just a month or so away from his 101st birthday, and Hmm. he uh, isn't doing very well, and his family is around him, and so I just wanted to put a prayer request in for him. Yeah, absolutely. Let's pray together. Father, thanks for Jason, and Lord, his his love for the body of Christ and his friend, uh, Lord, and what a... What an amazing thing to to be 100 years old, almost 101. And uh, Lord, we do pray for comfort uh, for the whole entire family and and for this gentleman. And Lord, if it's his time to go home to be with you, we just pray it would be peaceful and that he would feel your presence and his family would feel, uh, Lord, uh, your comfort. And pray for this man's godly legacy that his life uh, would touch many people's uh, uh, hearts and, and that his life would be an encouragement. So, Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. God bless you. You bet. God bless you too, Jason. Bye-bye. Let's go to line two to Kathy in Denver. Kathy, welcome to the program. Thank you. Um, I have a question. I just heard something on your station about if you marry someone who is divorced that you're committing adultery. And I wanted to know um, what the Bible says about if the first marriage was abusive. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, the, the section of Scripture that uh, you're, that was referred to, I think it was in the break uh, of, of today's show, um, 
uh, is Matthew chapter 19, um, and and Jesus uh, talks about uh, marriage and, and divorce. Um, and he, I'll just read it to you. It's Matthew 19, verse 8. It says, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery, and whoever marries her uh, is divorced commits adultery. Um, And then the other section of Scripture that really addresses this is in 1 Corinthians 7, uh, where a believer is married to an unbeliever, um, and and if the the believer... um, has the unbeliever leave the marriage, then then they have peace. Um, you know, they they were wanting to stay in the marriage, but the un- unbeliever left. Um, so those are the sections of scripture. You know, I think where where there is abuse, uh, it's v- always very important that the whoever's getting abused um, it get it gets to a safe place. Um, you know that there's there's a, a separation um, and not to continue uh, to be uh, the object of 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 abuse. Um, um, was this your situation, Kathy, in in your first marriage? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So do we just continue to ask for forgiveness? Because my second marriage has lasted 23 years. Yeah. You know, God, what we see of God is he's a God of grace, you know, and I don't think that the Lord is is dooming your your present marriage. You know, I, I think all you can can do is go I'm continuing to learn and continuing to grow and those were things that I didn't know 23 years ago and I I, I did know that I need I needed to be safe um, you know but but God's heart is one of grace and restoration and and he's blessing your 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 current marriage um, uh, through his blood and what he's done for uh, on the cross you you know you can't go back and 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 so all you can do is 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 uh, is know the character and heart of God that God is is gracious um and you know one of the things that we see a lot in our church is is God uh, re- restore uh, people's uh, broken lives by his grace and a lot of times uh, you know when we 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 come to Christ the things that in our, were in our past are are not always pretty and and thankfully that's why we have the gospel that's why Jesus died for us and 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 rose again to be able to rebuild our lives so so does that make sense Yes, thank you. Yeah. Do you care if I pray for you, Kathy, and just uh, Please. pray that God encourages you? So, God, thanks for Kathy, and Lord, thank you for your work of uh, redemption in her life. And Lord, we thank you for blessing the marriage that she's in. Uh, Lord, 23 years, that's an awesome thing. And Lord, if she just heard this today on the radio, I just pray she, she would be able to, to sort out what she heard through the full counsel of your word. Pray you'd bless her evening and encourage her in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Well, thanks for calling, Kathy. You are listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number is 303-690-3000, or you can send a text at 720-336-0897. Had lots of uh, text questions uh, that come in, so I want to get to some of those. Um, I feel like drinking after many years sober. I believe I can socially because when I was drinking, I was unstable in every area, not just drinking. What complicates this is I'm a leader in the church. Thoughts on Christian liberty. Thanks. So 
really two thoughts uh, come to mind is we, we do really need to be wise about past struggles in, in our lives and not underestimate the ability of a, of a past struggle to, to come and cause us to be in bondage once again. So I think that's uh, something we need to all be aware of in, in different past struggles uh, of our lives. I think of what Paul wrote, and he said, if you think you stand, take heed lest you fall. And then the area of Christian liberty and leaders in the church, uh, you know, drinking, what we do see clearly from Scripture, I always want to try to answer this from Scripture, that the two issues with drinking are not not getting drunk. We know it's really clear we're not supposed to get drunk and not to cause another believer to, to stumble. And as you lead in the church, you, you want to be careful um, if you do decide to drink in moderation uh, that it doesn't uh, cause another believer to stumble. So the two things I would be aware of is first, you know, uh, don't don't underestimate the ability to fall back into to old sinful patterns. And the, and the second is uh, be careful not to cause another believer to stumble. Uh, so pray that the Lord would, would uh, give you wisdom as you sort uh, through that. Another uh, text question that has come in says, Hi, Pastor Eric, could you explain uh, asking for filling of the Holy Spirit uh, on an ongoing basis? And if this is wrong, as compared to the Holy Spirit dwelling in us when we accept Christ. Uh, thank you. So one thing that we find in the book of Acts is that the scripture says of the same group of people that they were filled on several uh, different occasions. Um, and then we also see in Ephesians chapter 5 where God says, be filled with the Spirit. And in the Greek, uh, it's a it's a command, an ongoing command. The idea is not just a, a one-time filling of the Holy Spirit, but continuing being filled with the Holy Spirit. The moment that we receive Christ as our Savior, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And then to be filled with the Spirit as we go through our Christian life is that we're relying upon the Lord and asking for a fresh filling or a fresh empowering of His Spirit. You know, something like, oh, Lord, I know I'm going home right now to my wife and kids. Would you fill me with your Spirit to, to help me to love them the way you love them? Or, oh, Lord, I'm headed to work and it's a it's a Sunday morning, you know, it's a Monday morning. And Lord, I just pray for the filling of your Spirit spirit to, to be a witness. So in answer to your question, uh, we want to be continually filled uh, with uh, the Holy Spirit. So you're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. We do have all of our lines open. Also, you can send a text at 720-336-0897. Says, uh, please pray. Uh, uh, please pray for ministry. Just need healing for a lot of things, um, and so let's lift this up uh, to the Lord. The prayer for for healing. Lord, you know this individual. You know what they're going through, and uh, Lord, as they're praying for healing in their life, thank you that we can approach you, uh, Lord, uh, with that need for you to touch our physical body. So if it's your will, God, would you heal? You know the specifics, and so we, we lift that all up to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Looks like we've got a, a couple of texts that have come up to follow up callers. Second uh, Thessalonians, in reference to uh, the strong uh, delusion. Second 
Thessalonians 2.11, if you've been listening to the whole program, we had a caller ask about God sending a strong uh, delusion. And 2 Thessalonians 2.11 does uh, speak of that. So I'll go ahead and read this. It says, For this reason God will send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Um, And we go earlier in the text, uh, and uh, we see God speaking of the end times. He said, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will come, unless the falling away uh, comes first, and the man of perdition is revealed, the son of perdition. The man of sin, the son of perdition. So it does seem that this strong delusion is speaking of the time of the tribulation when the Antichrist uh, is revealed. So thanks for uh, sending in um, that uh, text question, and thank you guys for, for listening. Let's go back to our phone lines to John in Brighton. John, welcome to the program. John, are you there? Oh, hello. Uh, is this, am I on? Yep, you bet. Oh, okay, great. Uh, thank you, and God bless you. Yeah, God bless you too. Thanks. Um, so yeah, I just had two quick questions, just kind of like something that my pastor and I were talking about, and um, it was the one parable where Jesus talks about the rich, uh, the rich man and Lazarus, and when Lazarus dies, he goes to be with Abraham in Abraham's bosom. So... Yeah, I know it's parable, um, and I don't know. I just kind of wanted to understand if the location, because I know there's just different doctrine out there in regards to the location of it. And I've heard center of the earth. I've heard that it's just another form of heaven. I, I just kind of wanted to get like a clear understanding of where in scripture maybe I could just have reference to it. And then I had a second question about Jesus. Um, I know that he is the Word, and the Word became flesh in John, but before he became flesh, um, you know, what, I don't know, how would, what was he exactly, you know, was he, was he just words of God, or was he, um, I know sometimes he came as a messenger, like in the Old Testament, he appeared to Abraham, I I think maybe that one time, and maybe he was Mm -hmm. in that furnace, but Daniel Mm -hmm. and, and his friends, so I, I don't know, uh, so... Those are my two questions. Yeah. You know, the the first uh, comes from Luke 16 with Lazarus the beggar and the rich man. Uh, and we see Abraham's bosom, which was the, the side of paradise. And then we see uh, the place of torment uh, in verse 23, uh, torment in, in Hades. And, you know, I don't know that the scripture gives to us like a specific location, like, like this is in the, the, the center of the earth, you know, some, some other places that you could, um, look at this would be Ephesians 4, 9 through 10, where it talks about Jesus before, uh, he descended or ascended, he descended. Let's look at that, uh, really quickly. Um, Ephesians 4, let me grab that. Nine and ten um, says he ascended. What does it mean? But he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he may fill all things. So I think because of Ephesians four nine comes the the teaching that Abraham's bosom and the place of torment was in the lower parts of the earth. 
So I, you know, I, I think that that's probably the 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 clearest location that we have from from a, a scriptural perspective. I don't okay. know if that helps. So yeah, yeah, that, 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 that the, definitely helps. It was just kind of confusing because I was thinking like there was a, there's a chasm in between that one cannot reach to the other side and that judgment will yeah. come to them as during the white throne judgment and I just didn't right. know if how far apart they were, if one was above the other, but it was in the center of the earth. So not that it really, I know, like, it's not important for, like, salvation and whatnot, but it was just interesting to me. Yeah, so. it, gets, gets, uh, it gets your uh, imagination going for sure, doesn't it? So Yeah. In, re- in regards to your second question, um, as far as we know that Christ uh, existed eternally, um prior to coming uh, on the earth. And one of the indications is the fellowship that the Father and the Son have had uh, throughout eternity. Uh, In 1 John 1, it says, The life was manifested, we have seen and bear witness, and to declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, uh, uh, Jesus Christ. And and so as John is reflecting upon Christ, he's, he's drawing us to the fellowship and the eternal life that the Father and the Son were enjoying. You know, and, and as, as far as like, you know, Christ's physical state, um, we see times in the Old Testament where he stepped onto the pages of the uh, Old Testament. It's called a Christophanes. Um, uh, and, I, you know, there are those times where Christ reveals himself in, in the Old Testament. Um, so I think the things we know biblically for sure is he's eternal. So he's, he's existed right. in eternity past. Uh, we know he had fellowship with the Father as the Son. And we know we, he revealed himself at times uh, throughout the Old Testament. And uh, I think those are about the only specifics that we, we have and we, that we receive. So. Okay. All right, cool. Well, yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for those questions. God bless you, John. Let's go to line two to John in Brighton. John, welcome to the program. Hello. Hello, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good. Listen to you every morning. Um, my question, let me put a kind of, um, kind of give you a little background from what happened yesterday. It was my, um, mother's 82nd birthday. So we come, we come from a long line of Catholics, you know, uh, Mexican Catholics. So you could, uh, imagine our get togethers, you know, the only okay. Christian in there, you know, surrounded by a lot of Catholics. But, uh, yeah. I was, uh, yesterday we were talking and, and, uh, the, um, the subject of the Virgin Mary came up and, and one of my, uh, my, one of my brother-in-laws was saying that he, well, it seems like a lot of people have, uh, you know, have had a relative or know a story of a sighting, you know, of, of the Virgin Mary. So they okay. asked me what did I think about that, and I was like, uh, I don't think that's possible. Mm-hmm. And you know, they kind of got quiet, and you know, you know, didn't, you know, kind of 
like uh, upset because I didn't believe in that. You know that 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 you know that that could be possible. I was wondering mm-hmm. if there's anywhere in the Bible that you know uh, that I could point them to to basically you know show them that. Well, first of all, am I am I correct? Is that possible? That or impossible that uh, another human being could show themselves to a, a human being here on Earth that's alive? <laughs> You know, the only place that we see uh, that in Scripture uh, is with Samuel uh, appearing to Saul. Um, You know, and there's a a lot of uh, speculation on exactly what what that all means. But, uh, you know, Saul is at a bad place spiritually, um, and he goes to a witch, and and the witch uh, calls for... uh, uh, Samuel and then Samuel comes and 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 rebukes um, Saul. Um, you know what concerns me about with what you're saying is there's a an over focus on the Virgin Mary. Like right. the Virgin Mary was a great woman and and was the mother of Jesus and had great faith, but but she was a sinner like you and me. And and I think a lot of times there's a tendency to uh, look to look to uh, Mary instead of looking to Jesus. And, and so I don't think that would be the Lord giving visions to Mary or the Lord allowing Mary to uh, reappear. You know, in that story with uh, Samuel and Saul, uh, it appears God may, b- may be allowed Samuel to to appear to Saul to get to get his attention, but that's not God's mo of of how He uh, gets our attention as we see Him revealed from Genesis to Revelation. Right. Yeah. That that makes total sense. I, um, so. I don't know if I could gather the nerve to, you know, repeat what you said. I might not be able yeah. to talk to you again. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's uh yeah yeah that's always the thing to tear me to pieces. yeah yeah <laughs> you got to use wisdom uh, in it and choose your battles wisely so. yeah well I do thank you thank, um that does make perfect sense and you clarified a lot there for me well God oh, bless I, you John I appreciate it. Pastor Eric. you bet have a great night let's continue with our phone lines let's go to Alicia on line three in Denver Alicia welcome to the program. Alicia, are you there? All right. I'm going to jump over and take uh, some text questions that have uh, come in. Uh, please pray for my Uncle John uh, He that he's healed from cancer. So let's pray for that. And we know battles with cancer are so difficult. So, so Father, we come before you and uh, we lift up their Uncle John to you. And as he's in this battle of cancer, if it's your will, Lord, would you please bring healing and just uh, pour out your uh, spirit uh, upon him. Give the doctors wisdom. Lord, give him strength um, and meet the whole entire family as what they walk through this. Lord, we pray for your, your comfort of love uh, and your peace to be upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. Another text that has come in, a uh, question about Revelations 1.1 1, 1, uh, and Bible translations. In the New King James says, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave, uh, this would indicate that God gave the revelation uh, to Jesus. However, in King James and many others, him is not capitalized, indicating the revelation was given to John. Uh, please help uh, clear this up. So. Let's take a look at Revelation 1-1 uh, together. 
One of the things to uh, remember when you're studying uh, Bible translation um, is that as we study the Greek and the Hebrew, uh, there isn't a capitalization. And so the capitalization has been added by the translators. So this is Revelation 1.1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants, things must much shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John. As we do look uh, at the book of Revelation, uh, it's clear that it's the revelation of Jesus uh, to John that John could then uh, share that uh, in the word so that we could all understand Christ in a, in a greater way. So uh, the revelation of, of Jesus Christ um, is, is meant to, to be shared with John that John would then share uh, with the world. So thanks for uh, sending that uh, as well. Thank you guys for taking the time to listen today and to be part of today's show. It's been a blessing to be able to uh, be with you. I want to encourage you as you head into your weekend. This is uh, the first Sunday of 2018, and we would like to invite you to Rocky Mountain Calvary if you live here in the Colorado Springs area. Our services are Saturday night at 6 and Sunday morning at 9 and 11. This Sunday, we are starting the book of Ephesians. Really excited to look at the book of Ephesians of how blessed we are in Christ and how truly rich we are in Him. If you'd like to join us on our live stream, uh, you can do that at rmcalvary.org and click on the teaching page. Wherever you live, I would encourage you just to renew that commitment to be in God's house. One of the encouragements that we find in the book of Hebrews is it tells us as we see the day approaching to not forsake fellowship uh, together. And and we do uh, see that we're closer to Christ's return. So let's commit to be in fellowship with one another. Well, gang, God bless you. I hope you have a, a great a weekend in the Lord. And thanks again for listening. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.